Please pray with me. Lord, we give to you thanks and praise this day for who you are. You are holy. You're holy in every way, perfect in every way. And Lord, we do come before you as those who are unholy. But Lord, we thank you that you are merciful to us and that you sent Jesus. And Jesus, um, who shed his blood for us, has uh, provided for us the forgiveness of sins. And we've received the very righteousness of Christ as a free gift. Now, Lord, when you look at us, you don't see our sinfulness. You see the righteousness of Jesus. So thank you for clothing us in in, uh, the righteousness of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for making it possible for us to stand before you today uh, to worship your name. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us once again. So, Lord, as your word goes forth, I pray that our hearts and I pray that our minds would be open to receive what you have for us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today I invite you to turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. Today we'll be looking at verses 13 through 18. Of First Thessalonians four, and I'll just I'll read it here in just a moment. Paul wrote to the church in the ancient Roman city of Thessalonica to let them know that what they thought was true is not true. To let them know that what they thought was true is not true. As the Thessalonians were taught the truths of Jesus, when the apostles went in and began to proclaim the gospel to the the believers in the Roman city of Thessalonica, they learned that Jesus is coming again. And they learned that Jesus' return is very soon. And that's true. Jesus is coming again, and his return is very soon. It could happen at any moment. Uh, But they, they misunderstood they thought that Jesus would, would come before anyone in the church would, would be late to rest in the grave. They thought that Jesus' return was so soon that none of the believers would die before the return of Jesus. So members of the church in Thessalonica, they, they died and And they were buried, and the believers who remained, they thought that those who had died had missed out. That those who had died uh, would not experience the the, the great promises of, of heaven and of eternal life with Jesus. So Paul wrote to the Thessalonians to let them know that what they thought was true is not true. And oftentimes that's the, pro- the problem in our own lives. Uh, the, the reason we, we live without hope is because what we think is true really isn't true, or we, we really don't have the complete picture. So Paul wrote to the Thessalonians to correct this misunderstanding. Paul wanted the believers in Thessalonica to know that that no matter what happens to us in this life, no matter what happens to us today, we have hope. We have hope. And this isn't a, a hope that says, well, I hope so. 
This is a hope that says, I know that it is true because God never breaks his promises and we await the day when he'll make all things new. So we should always be a hopeful people. We should always be a hopeful people. And why should we always be a, a hopeful people? Because, well, because we are a resurrection people. So we should always be hopeful because we are a resurrection people. And, um, and, and there's many reasons today for us to live uh, without hope. Um, I think that probably about half the people in this country are, are depressed uh, after the election. And we knew this, this would happen, right? We knew that this election would be close and about half the people would be disappointed in the results. And, and other things have, have happened in our lives lately. This pandemic has lasted way longer than any of us anticipated. Lots of problems are aggravated in people's lives. There's more depression, anxiety, substance abuse, and suicides. And I'm getting a little fatter. So I guess this has affected all of us. But in the midst of, of everything that is going on, what about us? No hope? No hope? Not us. We're resurrection people. We share in Jesus' resurrection. The Thessalonians didn't have the complete story. They thought Jesus would come before any in the church would die, and then members of the Thessalonian church died. Their loved ones died. They thought that those who died before Jesus' second coming missed out. So Paul wrote to the Thessalonians to let them know that what they thought was true was and is not true. Isn't that our problem today? We believe something is true when in fact it isn't true or it isn't the complete story. And a correction is all that it takes, a correction, uh, th that, that piece of the truth that we're missing, and it makes all the difference in the world. So today we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and 18. Please stand out of respect for God's word as we read. St. Paul writing to the Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning with verse 13. St. Paul writes, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. So we don't want you to be uninformed about those who are asleep. Now, the New Testament speaks of death as sleep. Because for the Christian, death is as temporary as sleep. So we don't want you to, to be uninformed about those who are asleep or those who have died. That you, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. That's the message for you today. We do not grieve. Yes, we do grieve in this life. But we do not grieve as those who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, 
with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So those who have been buried in their graves over the, the, the centuries and the millennia, those who have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, they actually are going to make it there before we do. Then we who are alive, who are left, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. The Thessalonians, they didn't, they didn't have the, the complete picture. They, they, what they thought uh, they, they believed actually wasn't true, so Paul writes to correct them. The Thessalonians thought that Jesus would come before anyone in the church would die. We know that Jesus is coming at any moment. And when he comes again, he will take us to be with him. It will happen in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet and, and the dead in Christ will rise and we will all meet the Lord together in the air. And, and this is our, our great hope. This is what we anticipate as believers in Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean we won't face grief today. We will face grief today. Nowhere does Paul write that, that the Christian life is going to be a life where you're always going to be prosperous, you're always going to be blessed, you're never going to get sick, only good things are going to happen to you. You know, the TV preachers are going to come on the air and they're going to continue to preach this message that if you're a real good Christian, you'll be blessed in every way. But the Bible never teaches us that. The Bible actually promises us that this life today is a life that brings grief. And we should actually expect a greater degree of difficulty in our lives in the days preceding Jesus' return. See, the soon return of Jesus is like a woman in labor. The pain increases until the moment the baby is born. So it is with the return of Jesus. The Thessalonians had part of the story, but they didn't have the, the whole truth. Can you imagine living without the hope that we have in Jesus today? Can you imagine what it would be like to walk through this period of time that we're walking through now without the hope that we have in Jesus? We are a people living in a broken world. We, we see the sin, uh, the, the devastation of sin all around. And our hearts grieve. Our hearts grieve because we live in a broken world. But we do not grieve as those who have no hope. We grieve as those who trust in the resurrection of Jesus. We grieve as those who, who believe and trust that we too are people of the resurrection. So those who die in Christ are present with Christ. The Bible says absent from the body, present with the Lord. Those who die in Christ will rise and be given new eternal spiritual bodies just like Jesus' resurrection body. 
And Jesus is the first of those to be raised for eternity. No hope, not us. We're resurrection people. So I ask you, what causes your heart to grieve today? What causes your heart to grieve today? What is it about living in, a, in this broken world that makes your heart grieve? Is it something that seems unjust? Is it the suffering of innocent people? Is it something that happened to you and you can't get past it? What is it? What is it that causes your heart to grieve today? One person I know struggles with believing in God because of the evil things in this world. How many of you know somebody like that? They, they don't believe because they can't get past the evil things in this world. <clears throat> and this person, he, he has a hard time believing in God because of the suffering in this world. He wonders, how can a, a good God allow such evil to happen? Those are hard questions. So we grieve because this world is broken. And the very fact that we, that we feel that there is something wrong with this world actually proves that the Bible is true. The Bible is very straightforward, and the Bible is honest about those things that cause us to grieve in this life. And the Bible is very honest about the things that cause suffering today. That's because the Bible teaches us that this world is broken. This world is broken. This world is infected with sin. The tentacles of sin have, have crept into every area of life and of creation itself. We're living under the curse of sin. Because sin entered into this world, we live in the reality of evil and suffering. But God isn't pleased to leave us in a permanent place of brokenness. God isn't pleased to leave us in this situation that we're in today. And God will not allow the curse of sin to reign forever. That's why we can say we are a people who grieve, yes, because of the brokenness of creation, but we do not grieve as those who have no hope, because we are a resurrection people. Jesus has been raised from death, and we share in his resurrection. And one day, when Jesus comes again, the curse will be completely broken. Some of you are familiar with C.S. Lewis's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. A long time ago, it was made into a movie. In that book, the curse of the witch held Narnia and all of its inhabitants in a permanent state of winter. You know the story. In Narnia, it was always winter, but never what? Christmas. It was always winter, but never Christmas. Can you imagine that? Sometimes this is what it feels like here in our lives today. Always winter, but never Christmas. We see the bad, but none of the good. 
In the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there was a sense of helplessness over the land of Narnia. People believed because it was always winter without Christmas that there was no hope. And everyone was longing for a spring. The spring never came. Have you ever lived in a place where it felt like spring would never come? I lived in Fergus Falls, Minnesota for four years. I know the feeling. And this is what life today can, can feel like. And that's why we don't put our hope in this world. We don't put our hope in, in this body. We don't put our hope in this mind. Because all of these things are subject to the curse of sin. But in Narnia the lion, Aslan, the hero of the story, came nearer and nearer to Narnia. And as he came nearer and nearer, the permanent curse of winter over the land of Narnia began to lift. The snow began to melt. The flowers bloomed. The trees had leaves. People basked finally in the warmth of the sun. The lion, Aslan, represents Jesus. And brothers and sisters, Jesus came. He has come near to us. And he is coming again. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another. Encourage one another with these words causes your heart to grieve today. We grieve over the brokenness of this world. But we do not grieve as those who have no hope. We grieve with great hope in Jesus. For the believers in Thessalonica, they grieved because the second coming of Jesus didn't come soon enough, and their loved ones had died and been buried before Jesus' second coming. And they thought that all of those people who died had missed, had missed it. Sometimes we, we feel like God has failed us. Or that God doesn't care about us. So what do we do? What can we do? We turn our eyes to Jesus. We turn our eyes to Jesus. And as we turn our eyes and see Jesus, we see the whole truth. You can't know the truth until you turn your eyes to Jesus. And when you turn your eyes to Jesus, you see the whole truth. You see, the curse has already been broken by Jesus' victory on the cross. And the curse has been broken by Jesus' victory over death in his resurrection. And we share in Jesus' death and resurrection. 
That's the hope that we have. That we have died with Christ and that we are raised with Christ. No hope, not us. We're resurrection people. But resurrection presumes death. You see, we're a people, we, we, we love the resurrection, but we, but we don't like the death part. And this is made evident even in Holy Week and Easter services. So many people come for Easter Sunday. Not very many people come for Good Friday. But you can't have a resurrection without death. Without death, there is no resurrection. So to be a resurrection person is to look to the one who died to set us free from the curse of sin. To set us free from the curse of death. And to set us free from the curse of the devil. In the story, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Aslan, the lion, the hero, was murdered by the witch. If you're familiar with the story, you know that Aslan was murdered by the witch, and you know why. Why did the lion allow himself to be murdered by the witch? Well, the powerful and loving lion who created Narnia willingly gave himself over to the witch to save the life of another. You see, the law of Narnia gave the life of Edmund over to the witch. But Aslan took the place of Edmund, even though Edmund had rebelled and followed the witch. Aslan took the place of Edmund and suffered death in his place. And Jesus has done the same for you. In your place of sin and of brokenness and of, of doubt and of unbelief, Jesus went just for you to the cross and he died in your place. You see, the law demands punishment for sin. But Jesus took your place upon the cross. He died in your place to free you so that you can be saved. If you've never read the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, as you probably already guessed, the lion didn't stay dead for long. The lion didn't stay dead for long. You see, a deeper truth reigned in Narnia. A deeper and a more profound truth reigned in in that land. And that deeper truth is the truth of resurrection. So yeah, we see all this stuff going around us, but there is a deeper truth that reigns. And that is the truth of resurrection. There's a deeper truth in the truth of your brokenness. That's in Jesus who died and was raised for you. So we see the brokenness in our world today. Do our hearts grieve today? Yes. Of course our hearts grieve today. But we do not grieve as those who have no hope. We trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that he raised Jesus. And believing that he has raised us to be with him for all of eternity. I don't know what you're going through in your life. 
I don't know what you're facing today. But the call of the message today is to turn to Jesus. Look to Jesus. No matter what's happening, trust in him. Believe in him. And in him, there is hope. Not a hope that says, well, I hope so. But a hope that says, these are things that I believe and I trust with all of my heart. And I know that God comes through. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for this truth that was given to the believers in the ancient Roman city of Thessalonica. Thank you, Lord, that even though it was written, oh, some 2,000 years ago, it still applies to us today. And Lord, I pray that we would be those that would encourage one another with these truths. That as we gather as a church, that we would be a place of encouragement, knowing that we've been rescued from the curse. Trusting that Jesus has rescued us and that Jesus is with us and that Jesus will take us to be with him for all of eternity. Lord, we need this from you today. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.